0: Namaste dear beautiful hearts, it's been a while and I am very happy to be here and now with you and I hope that you had a wonderful day. It's night time for me right now and I want to bring some magic and wonder to your night by reading you a beautiful Swedish fairy tale from my wonderful book of Swedish folk tales. The fairy tale I chose tonight is entitled The Prince Without a Shadow. It was written by an author, a poet and a teacher, named Jana Louise Otterdal, born on August 9th, 1897, in Uddevalla, in Sweden, who passed away on July 25th, 1965. I hope that you will enjoy her fairy tale very much. Also, I want to thank you from the center of my heart For listening to my podcast, I'm so happy and grateful that each and every one of you is listening to me. It is very encouraging, it motivates me to find more beautiful ideas to share with you, and I'm very glad to announce that I have just opened a Patreon account. So if you would like to support me further in pursuing this beautiful project or connect with me so that I can share more love, light and universal harmony with you on a more individual basis, depending on your specific questions and feedback, please subscribe to my Patreon page on patreon.com forward slash love, light, universal harmony. I am really looking forward to communicating more directly with you. And now, the prince without a shadow. Once upon a time, there was a handsome young prince who was the joy and pride of the whole kingdom. No one was as joyful and enlightened as the young prince, but his best side was his good, warm heart. If others were not well, he knew no peace and if he saw so want and suffering, he tried to help. So it was that peace and prosperity that ruled in the whole kingdom. When the prince crossed the marketplace, crowds followed to greet him. Little girls threw flowers, boys cheered and the prince greeted everyone with his soft smile, which would melt the heart of the coldest misery guts. However, the king and the queen had another child, a little princess of five years, who was sickly and pale. Usually she sat in her high armchair by the window, playing with flowers that her brother had picked for her in the palace gardens. Every now and then she would smile wanly at the children outside. Sometimes the prince would take her out in a richly decorated carriage pulled by two fine horses. But the princess took no joy in this. She was too sick and tired, and everyone was heartbroken to see her so. It was most difficult for the king and queen who dearly loved their healthy, happy son, but could not help loving their sickly, sad daughter all the more. All the doctors of the kingdom had been summoned to give their advice and had prescribed drops and ointments from all over the world, but in vain. The princess became paler and weaker, and soon it looked as if she would die. The queen stayed with her day and night, The king in his sorrow forgot to rule over his realm, and the young prince racked his brains to think of some way of helping his little sister. One night the prince and the queen were at her bedside. At the door sat a page, but though he kept his hand on his dagger, he had fallen asleep. Even the two chamberlains had fallen asleep in front of the fire. It was quite still in the room. Only the breathing of the sleepers could be heard. The queen who had not slept a wink all through the previous night finally slumped back in her chair and nodded off. Only the prince was awake wide awake and watched the moonlight shining into the room and onto his sister's face, filling it with light. After the prince had sat for a long time without moving, he went to the window to stretch his legs. The stars in the sky showed him that it was midnight. And just then, the watch in the tower blew the midnight horn. When the prince turned to go back to his seat, he saw a strange figure sitting in a grey coat, with the cape pulled low over its face. must be death, the prince thought, fearfully, afraid that he had come to take his little sister. Then the figure looked up with a strange expression on its face and said, neither side nor hourglass I am the man who gathers shadows if you will give me your shadow your sister's illness will vanish and she will become the most beautiful princess my shadow asked the prince he saw how the moonlight made it long and black on the floor. Why do you want my shadow? That is my business, the stranger answered, giving him another strange look. Either you give me your shadow, and your sister regains her health, or you keep it, and she remains ill. Incidentally, death is close by. I just saw him at the city gates. The prince looked at his pale sister and then at his own shadow. As far as he could remember, he had never had any use for his shadow. Why should he not be able to survive without it? And what a joy it would be to have a strong and healthy sister, and to see his parents happy again. All the people would say, there goes our noble prince who saved his sister by giving away his shadow. No, no, said the stranger. If you agree to the exchange, you must swear (coughs) never to tell a soul what we have agreed tonight, and if you break your promise, your sister will in an instant fall dead. You seem to be able to read my thoughts, said the prince. I feel uneasy about that. However, I agree to the exchange. Take my shadow and make my sister better. I promise you not to say a word to anyone. Then we are agreed, said the stranger, and he rose from the chair. He was as thin as a shadow himself. Then he bent over picked up the prince's shadow and put it in his bag. He then disappeared so quickly that the prince did not see where. The prince looked around the room in surprise. Nothing had changed. Everyone was asleep, and the sand ran through the hourglass as before. which way the prince turned he could not see the smallest trace of a shadow ah well said the prince to himself what use is the shadow to me if my strange visitor keeps his word, I shall manage without it And he leaned over the bed to look at his sister, and leaped with surprise to see the change. The pale cheeks had some red color. Her fine lips were now rosy and smiling. The girl was breathing steadily, and seemed healthy, as if resting after a long day of play. The prince was so happy he forgot all worries about his shadow. He sank into his chair and cried for joy. Next morning, when news of the wondrous cure of the princess was spread about, there was great joy. In the palace, in the city, and in the whole kingdom. The king and queen could hardly believe their eyes when they saw her running around in the palace gardens. When the prince took her for a ride in the carriage, she asked to take the reins herself and called, "Cheer up! to the horses, so loudly it could be heard afar. Children waved at her while she stood on the coach box, throwing them raisins and pepper cakes. Everyone was so astounded about the princess, they had no time to notice anything about the prince's shadow. He even had no time to think of it himself. However, after a time, when the healthy princess was seen more regularly, he did observe a kind of absence or emptiness, particularly in the evenings when other people's shadows grew into long giants. It was unpleasant to have the sun in his back, and he tried as often as possible to face the sun so as not to be reminded that he was now different from other humans. But people began to notice. The ladies of the court began to whisper in corners, and the courtiers looked at him strangely when he passed. One evening, as he was riding his white horse, children surrounded him joyfully as usual. He was feeling light-hearted, for he had briefly forgotten what was troubling him. But as he bent down to lift one of the young ones into his saddle, a shrill little voice exclaimed, ''Look! Look! The horse has got a shadow, but the prince doesn't have one!'' And in no time a hundred little voices were calling, ''The horse has a shadow, but the prince doesn't!'' ''Now it's over,'' thought the prince as he spurred his horse on to ride back to the palace like the wind. The next day the whole city talked of nothing else but that the prince had lost his shadow through some kind of wizardry. It was as if they had completely forgotten that he was their beloved prince whom they had worshipped. Now they stuck their heads together to discuss what unimaginable treasures and advantages the prince must have gained in selling his shadow, for it was clear that he must have profited from it somehow. At every street corner they spoke of it, and it did not take long before children were pointing at the prince when he went out on one of his ever more seldom walls. Some even threw stones after him and cursed him. All this made the prince so heavy-hearted that he was barely to be recognized, and the little princess cried at the change in her merry brother. When the prince saw that even his father and mother were affected by the suspicions and talk of the town, he decided to leave his home and kingdom forever, so he went to his parents to take leave. Dear mother and dear father, he said, I see that you too are dissatisfied with me, so I want to go out into the world and no longer trouble you with my presence. Give the kingdom to my sister instead. Accept my thanks and farewell. When the king and queen heard that, their hearts softened, and the queen began to weep. Just tell me, my dear son, how you are different from other people. What have you done with your shadow, she asked. My shadow has gone, answered the prince, and he sank his head. Then the king became angry. Away, he said. We can all see that. What we want to know is where it is. I don't know, said the prince. I only know it's gone. You are the most obstinate and ungrateful boy who ever lived. The king exclaimed, and he rose from his throne, Leave my kingdom and never return. The poor prince bowed again before his parents, kissed his little sister in parting, and cut one of her locks as a keepsake then he left. He wandered far and wide until he no longer heard his own language spoken, and then he wandered through a further three kingdoms. In the fourth kingdom he came to a wild oak forest. "'Here I will stay,' he said to himself. "'Here, in this forest, among the wild animals, "'perhaps they will be more charitable than people.' "'The prince had not long left his home "'before his parents regretted their hardness. "'He may have lost his shadow,' the king mused, But what of it? It is even quite proper that the prince is different from the crowd. Was it perhaps a special blessing of a powerful fairy? I shall send out messengers through my whole kingdom and in the neighboring ones to find him. His start is not so great that we would not find him. Yes, yes. Do that, sighed the queen, fetch our son back, or I will not have another happy day. Five hundred riders were sent forth through the whole kingdom and the neighboring realms to find the prince and fetch him back, but day after day passed, month after month. After a year, most of the riders had returned without any of them having found a trace of him, or even heard word of him. After three years, the last rider returned. He said that more than a hundred miles from the kingdom, he had found a child who said it had seen a youth without a shadow, but the child had no idea what became of him, and all inquiries were fruitless. That was the best the riders could do for the king and queen. Over the years, the little princess now grew into a beautiful girl, but she was not really happy. She could not forget her brother, who had always been happy and kind to her, and she kept wondering how she could find him again, one day she sat at the feet of her parents, as she liked to do. Last night I had such a strange dream, she said. I was a little girl again, and ill, and my dear brother was watching by me. My mother and all the servants had gone to sleep, only he was awake. Suddenly. A man in a grey coat appeared and made a bargain with my brother. He would make me better if my brother would give his shadow. Mother, father, what do you think of my dream? The king and queen paled with fright. Now I remember said the queen. It was during the night you recovered. The servants had nodded off, one after another, and finally I fell asleep too. Around this time we noticed that your brother's shadow had disappeared. It must be the truth which is showing itself in your dream. Thereupon, the king made the dream known in every church of the land, and it did not take long to restore the love and worship that everyone always had for their prince. At every street corner, people stood and discussed what they could do to find the prince again. The princess, however, went to the king and asked, Father, let me go and look for my brother, who left because of me. When the king saw her determination, he had to agree to let her go. He wanted to give her a great company of followers, but she asked to go alone.
1: She dressed
0: as a simple shepherdess, and on her pearl necklace which she had worn as a child. She thought her brother might recognize her by the necklace. Then she bade farewell and went on her way. Mile after mile she walked and soon she was out of the kingdom. She asked everyone she met after the prince without a shadow. No one had heard of him. Most thought she was mad and gave her some milk or a piece of bread and let her sleep in the hay. But the princess did not give up hope. It was late one evening when she came to a hut in the forest. She knocked at the door, and on entering, saw a red-eyed old woman, who was so wrinkled she must be a hundred years old. "'Good evening, dear mother,' the princess greeted her. "'As you are so old, you will be wise. Tell me, have you ever heard of the prince without a shadow?' The old one looked at the princess and nodded. So you are the sister, she said. I knew you would come, but it took a long time. When the princess heard that the old one knew who she was, she felt so happy that she threw her arms around her, saying, Show me the way to my brother, and you will get anything you wish for. But the old woman told her things could not be rushed like that. Only his own shadow would know the way to the prince. But the shadow was with the man in a grey coat who lived at the end of the world. So the princess asked the woman to show her the way to the end of the world. What will you give me if I show you the way? asked the old one. Anything you want, replied the girl, who thought nothing would be too valuable to give for this. give me your beauty said the old one and as the princess agreed she passed her hand three times over the face of the girl and in an instant the beauty had passed from one to the other the princess eyes were small and ugly her cheeks were grey her mouth as wide as a toad's, and her golden locks turned into matted straggles. The princess sighed when the old woman handed her a looking-glass, but then she laughed again. It's lucky I have the pearl necklace, she said, for otherwise my brother would not believe me to be his sister. The old woman wants to get a ball of wool from a chest. Throw the ball in front of you when you leave tomorrow morning. It will bring you to the end of the world. The princess thanked her, and next morning, after she had rested, she did as the old woman had told her. The ball rolled in front of her no faster than she could walk. And when she wanted to rest, she caught the ball easily and put it in her pocket. So she continued her journey day after day. How long she went on like this, she no longer knew. One day, as she was going through a dark forest, a troll suddenly jumped in her path, picked up the ball of wool and swung it over his head laughing loudly the princess was so startled she did not know whether she was coming or going good day mr troll she said with a quivering voice please give me my bowl of wool back without it i cannot find my brother she knelt before the troll weeping bitterly what will you give me for it asked the troll whatever you want she answered for nothing would be too valuable give me your youth said the troll then he passed his hand three times over her head and the princess felt a coldness pass through her her limbs became stiff and her skin wrinkled The troll gave her the ball of wool, but when she rolled it, she found she could only follow it half as fast as before. Dear little ball of wool, she called, please roll a bit slower, I'm an old woman now. The ball listened and immediately rolled so slowly that the princess could follow it. She had to rest more often, and often she would ask herself whether this road would ever come to an end. Finally, she came to a great blue shimmering sea. Far out on a peninsula stood a castle, and the ball of wool came to a rest in front of the gates. The princess knew this was the castle at the end of the world and the home of the man with the grey coat. She lifted her old stiff hand and knocked on the gate. The man in the grey coat opened the door himself. At last you are here, he said. Just as I expected. But you don't think I'll give you the shadow of your brother without getting something in return? No, answered the princess. I have learned on my way here that one does not receive things without giving something in return. I know that you want from me what You gave my brother that night in return for his shadow, so take my health and let the shadow of my brother show me the way to him. The grey man laid his hands on her head and the princess felt the illness taking hold of her. I hope I can survive until I find my brother, she thought. The shadow of her brother had immediately appeared on the ground beside her. It was the shadow of a slim youth, just as she remembered him. Silently and slowly, the shadow moved over the ground and the sick, old woman followed it with unsteady steps. After they had travelled a long time, they came to a clear spring. The princess was thirsty, and she bent achingly over to drink. When she saw her old, feeble face, she was startled and said to the shadow, I will not be able to tell my brother who I am. It would make him too sad to see me like this. Good shadow, promise me you won't betray me. The shadow appeared to nod, and she was satisfied. After countless miles, When the princess could hardly take another step for tiredness, they came to a deep forest. The shadow glided silently over the grass, and the princess followed, though every step brought her pain. Finally, the shadow stopped at a low hut made of woven branches. A young man with a sad face sat in the doorway and fed the wild animals gathered around him. The shadow glided behind him, and the princess recognized her brother. She stood before him and spoke his name. Who are you? you know my name he asked call me your unknown friend she replied I bring greetings from your home and from the whole kingdom you are welcome to all and they long to see you again and to hear that you forgive them I have been persecuted from my country for I had no shadow and because I shall never get it back, I will never go back, the prince said solemnly. Your shadow guided me here, said the princess, turn around and look. Then she told him how the king and queen missed their son and regretted their harshness and how they had tried to find him for many years. Only about the princess did she say nothing, and evaded all questions which the prince asked about her. At last she persuaded the prince to return next morning to his kingdom with his shadow, in the company of the old woman. Overnight, he let her rest in the hut on a bed of soft moss and leaves, and the next morning, he called to a stag to help her, so that she would not have to walk anymore. As he lifted her onto the stag's back, he recognized the pearl necklace and said, "'That is my sister's necklace. How do you come to have it?' Tell me of her as we walk. The princess thought he would never leave her in peace with questions about his sister if she did not put an end to them. So she said, Your sister has been dead for a long time. When the prince heard this, he put his hands to his face and wept. "'Now I understand why my shadow has returned to me,' he said. "'But I would rather have lived the rest of my life without it "'if I knew that my sister was alive and happy.' "'Hardly had the prince spoken these words "'when she felt her health returning. "'Now she understood that the power of the grey man had been broken.' After a time they came to a dark forest, and the princess recognized it as the place where she had met the troll, and she saw the troll in a thicket beckoning to her as if he wanted something from her. ''Let me get off here for a while,'' she asked the prince. ''I have an old acquaintance here in the forest whom I must visit. The prince helped her down and sat down to wait. But when she came back, he hardly recognized her. She walked quickly and easily and swung herself onto the stag without help. Then she smiled at him from her ugly, though strangely younger, face. He opened his mouth to ask her questions but she stopped him, saying, My acquaintance had to pay me my due. They continued their journey and after a time came to a tumble-down hut where the hundred-year-old woman lived. The princess jumped from the back of the stag, and went into the hut to return the grey woolen ball which had helped her so much. When she came out of the hut, the prince could not believe his eyes. Instead of an ugly girl with straggly hair and a wide toad's mouth, there was a beautiful maiden before him. Only her old clothes, the shoes and the pearl necklace, reminded him of his companion, The princess went to him, took his hands, and said, My dear brother, now the last of my debts has been repaid. Do you recognize your sister? The prince, who had slowly begun to understand all that had passed, took his sister into his arms and cried for joy. How could I ever have been happy at home without my little sister at my side? He asked, and he played with the pearls in her necklace as he used to. Now we shall always be together. And he showed her the lock of hair which he had kept when he wandered out into the world. At last, They came to their kingdom and home. There was great rejoicing about their return, and no one was in the slightest bit worried anymore about whether the prince had a shadow or not. shadow. I hope that you have enjoyed it as much as I have. I can't wait to read you another one soon. I love Swedish fairy tales. I've been reading them since childhood and for a very long time, several lifetimes to be precise. They remind me of my past and constantly give me the wisdom, wonder and guidance familiar to my inner child's emotional universe. Illuminating my path towards home. I also love those of Hans Christian Andersen, and when I read The Little Match Girl as a child in Africa, I realized very early on that even children could have very difficult lives, and this sad yet beautiful story taught me that courage and hope would be my friends if I ever was in a similar situation. The story of the prince without a shadow is also sad and beautiful, but it has a happy ending, and I love happy endings, and to me its message is that no sacrifice is too high for love, because love heals all wounds. Thank you once again dear beautiful hearts for your presence and your love. Have a wonderful night, sparkling in your dreams with love, light and harmony in each and every star of the whole universe. And until my next episode, from the center of my heart, Namaste.